0: A hey, Redemption Church. This is uh, the collection of our our church staff here in our final week in uh what's been a five-week series called uh conversations with leaders we love the idea was pretty simple um how do we get around people that we really respect love and need to learn from as a church and just ask them various questions about jesus and about life and about what they do uh and so we're in our last week this is also our last week uh as we just shared with you of us gathering digitally um we will continue a live stream like we said i just want to repeat that so we're very clear there um But this is the last week we'll be recording and and send this out on Sunday mornings. And so we thought the best possible place for us to end is with probably the two, uh, probably most important leaders in our church that we love so much, and that's Jess and Kaylee. And so uh, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourselves and let the church know and those who may be tuning in that don't know who you are, who you are and what you do.
1: I'm Kaylee Jensen, and I do community and global engagement and then foster care, kinship, adoption as well.
2: And I'm Jess Tenery. I'm the director of kids, also communication, also ministry, support, you name it, I'll fill in the gaps. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's right. So Jess does like, she has three different job titles at the church. Kaylee has two. And so uh, together they're doing the work of five people. And so we're really excited. Thank you so much for being willing to talk to us and be part of this series. I know it's not something that was like, yay, I can't wait to go and be part of this Sunday sermon. But uh, we're really thankful for you to be here. So we're going to jump right in because we only have a certain amount of time. We know there's so much that we want you guys to share and to say. And so Kaylee, if we can start with you, we're going to kind of on the front end of this just recap a bit what the last... Five or six months have looked like. And so could you just talk about you and your role over the last five months? What does it look like? Why has it been important? We've been doing it.
1: Uh, yeah, that's hard to do in a brief statement, but uh, I think that just the word that we've been using in this time is creativity. So, what has been the, the needs that we're hearing from our neighbors and from our friends, and so just asking that question, and so we've kind of been working with uh, different friends and neighbors during this time. We've been consistent with some of our partners, and we've shifted what that's looked like. So, um, Navajo and Hopi nations, we've been working with 12 communities there. Foster kinship and adoption. It's been uh, a rough few months, and so just really and entering into vulnerable spaces with those that we love and already in relationship with, and then uh, really broadening who we're in relationship with, too.
3: Nice. I love that. Uh, As, like, the pastors that preach and stuff, whatever, you know, like, uh, I guess I don't need quotations for that. But, uh, (laughs) 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 Um, you know, that sometimes I think what you guys do gets lost, you know. In the midst of it, people are like, They know you're around. They know you're doing a lot of work, and so thanks for sharing that. Jess, will you also kind of share what have the last few months been like for you? And first I want to say this, because she wouldn't say this about herself. She's been, like, really a fill-in-the-gap person these last five months. I feel like there's been so many times where she has helped like this recording happen in all kinds of ways and she really there's a lot of things she's done that she wouldn't mention or even know to mention because she's just filling in the gaps and stepping up where she needs to be but besides that kind of stuff jess what's some what has for you a which your a lot of your work is focused on sundays in particular what does that look like for you but also some of the communication stuff too
2: yeah, um, I think you're being a lot more generous. <laughs> I think uh, one of the biggest things is just like week to week and month to month, it has looked so different. And uh, I feel like we always have a plan and then God's just like, nope, not quite. Um, so yeah, a lot of my work has always been Sunday mornings, kids ministry. Um, in some ways it's been a fr- breath of fresh air because uh, Sunday mornings can so often be like running around making sure kids are safe and alive and ratios are met and my teachers are know what's going on. Um, and so shifting from that, we started having uh, some weekly events, we did activities, we had tie-dye, we ate popsicles, um, and just kind of existed together while doing crafts and eating yummy snacks. Um, and in that capacity, it was really fun to just be with our families and felt a lot easier to just sit and like have conversations that I don't always have the opportunity to engage with. Um... But, yeah, I think creativity is a great word for it because it was like, okay, what are we doing next week? Like, we had a hike. We had a movie night last week. Now what's something active we can do? What's something new, adventurous? Um, And there was a lot of really awesome opportunities for that, but it just felt um, in some ways really life-giving. In other ways, I was like, I I don't know what I'm doing. Like, am I just doing summer camp for the kids? Maybe. But um, it was super fun. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think Anthony's right, though. I mean, like, we could add, literally add, like, a fourth, a fourth part-time job that would be gap filler, which is just mm-hmm. redemption gap filler, and so yeah, that's been amazing. So um, we're gonna kick it kind of back and forth between you, I think, just trying to keep kind of delving into a bit of the stuff you guys been doing. So, Kate, if we can zoom back in on on really, I think it consumed probably four months, I think, of our time and a ton of our resource in, in all really great ways, mm-hmm. um, and then and then honestly some some heavy ways and all that stuff too. But could you could you press into the the work that we did with Navajo and Hopi and what it looked like for us to serve that indigenous population over the last four months and then and then if I could add that what are we looking towards moving forward as well
1: yeah, this was uh, an experiment, honestly, of trying to figure out what the needs are. And so just having conversations at the beginning of when when COVID was kind of coming about uh, to Flagstaff to say, like, what are the most desperate needs and what is already being served and supported in different ways with different Partners or agencies, and then what are the gaps? And so we really look to serve in the gaps of, of areas that haven't been offered or, or aren't being looked at, um, like really looking at the margins. And so um, when we started having conversations with leaders we know and love in the beginning of this, it was kind of doing a needs assessment to say, hey, who are the people that we really want to step in and advocate for and communicate with? And so that started um, again as an experiment. And so we put together 50 boxes, um, and I was like, that's a Lot. There's no way we can do more right, than that right. in our tiny little office. And so um, what led from that 50 boxes ha- grown into about 350 every other week. And so in the last five months, that's been a lot of cans of spam um and um like weird like shopping. Hawaii
0: was sold out. Was <laughs> yeah. crazy.
1: Well, yeah. I think we got all of it. Yeah. Um yeah, and so what does it look like to come alongside and to come behind local leaders as they advocate for their communities? And so it took a lot of time and relationship, and again, like not making decisions to make a decision or to be the savior or to be the fixer, um, but to be the helper and to be the partner with and so mm-hmm. um that takes more time to have those conversations and to build that relationship and to build that level of trust. And so for the last several months, we've um, been building and growing that. So 12 communities is what we've been working with during this time. And so we've officially kind of ended phase one of serving those 12 communities, so we're doing another needs assessment to just say, hey, what what are the realities now? What's shifted in the last six months? Um, what funding and support are available through Navajo and Hopi right. Nation? And again, where can we be in the margins? And so there's like so many so many stories, and they've all seen me weep a lot over uh, the beautiful pieces and the heartbreaking pieces of what this has looked like. But honestly, no. it's been incredible to, to love our neighbors and to... Um, be challenged to be creative and, and work through the confines of a global pandemic to serve um, in really challenging spaces in the right way and to honor the people that we love.
0: Yeah. Will you talk about some of the partners that, that came alongside us, it's both both obviously the people we served with um, and alongside, and then also um, financially, you know, there was, this was not the Definitely wasn't a redemption only thing, Um, but it wasn't even just like one or two. Like there were people statewide, right, that were part of this. And so we just talked about that a bit.
1: Yeah, again, I think we we said yes to this little bit of this next step, and then it really blew our minds, like the beauty of creativity and the beauty of people saying, wow, we like what you're doing, and we want to work with you, if that's helping with shopping, if that's helping finances, and so we had a few different ways that we were inviting people to financially partner um, through GoFundMe, and then also through a link through the church, and so um, I I don't have the official amount right now, but literally thousands and thousands thousands of dollars and so um I would come back after shopping and the receipts were l- I'm not very tall so I'll preface it with <laughs> that's that true, that's very true but like the receipts were longer than I am tall and so to be able to purchase what we need to support our that's why you
0: needed Sherry because Sherry's that tall it's
1: true she has so an she extra foot and, her and a half and they, yeah. Were, yeah. they were still taller than Sherry um yeah so th- it, it hasn't just been um, people have been bringing donations physically here, but literally partnering around the world um, and around the state of Arizona um, to say, hey, we love what you're doing and we want to be a part of it with, um, yeah, with what they were physically and financially um, able to partner at that time.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. I think initially we had talked about like, this is going to, uh, Tom Johnson and Delphina Johnson, they, they gave us kind of this target goal number of, of $160,000 and that's what we would have to raise and we're that's a daunting number. I mean, it's like half our that's half our church budget. you know what I mean? <laughs> so like uh, just trying to navigate that number in my head, and how would we ever get there? And I think it, it kind of was like we pretty much hit one hundred and sixty thousand, but it was not just financially. It was like, God brought free bread. Like literally, it felt like bread from heaven, but it was bread from some bread guy. Abel, Abel bread bread from yeah, bread from Abel. Thanks, Abel. (laughs) So he (laughs) resurrected Abel. He's he's still alive. Uh, Bread from Abel. Water like eighty thousand dollars worth of water or something like that. So, um, so it was just amazing to see how everyone came together. And I think that number was a pretty much when you look at donations in kind, God like. Met Tom and Delphina in that request in really yeah. neat and in amazing ways. And so um, I know on the whole, the church has just been overwhelmingly generous mm-hmm. with our benevolence fund, which contributed significantly to that project as well as so many other projects during this season. Mm-hmm. And so, even just to take a moment, acknowledge the generosity yeah. uh, of redemption and our people, and then friends of our people that kind of heard about the work we were doing in this season and just said, Hey, we would love to give to that. So, just honestly from the deepest parts of us thank you for mm-hmm. for looking into what is important in this season and loving neighbor through mm-hmm. your resources it's been yeah. it's been pretty awesome so yeah anything else you'd add and tie a bow on that?
1: Um, yeah when we talk about generosity I think there's been so many moments um, that I haven't even known what to ask for in this season or like hey I-, I can't even verbalize we really need this bed for this one family that I got a call for that I'm just weeping over. Um, we, that we want to help and then literally get a phone call or a text saying I have a twin bed do you know someone who needs it and so the 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 beauty of people saying yes and like allowing them to serve uh, with their goods and their time and their finances um, like I've I've gotten to be a front row person to see that and to receive those messages and to show up with a mask and gloves to someone's door and bring a bed to them and and I just I, I would hope to be able to give that to you too and and, and know how much i personally am thankful that we get to do this together and the stories and the lives um both like tangible that we can measure on a spreadsheet or something like that and just the things i I can't even tell you the stories because this side of heaven right we don't know um so thank you for allowing us to be a part of that and being with us in this every thanks that
0: you or i heard every thanks for that that i heard is a thanks to is the thanks to the church so yeah
3: yeah, I love that. I, I mean, I just love that picture too of we all have different giftings and resources, and we come together and we use them different ways. And I think sometimes we we want to be the feet on the ground, but we can't be, and that's okay, you know. Yes. So, um, anyways, uh, pinging back to Jess, uh, you know, some, so I've uh, I I have three kids, so I felt, uh, but anyways, I felt like. Having three kids in a pandemic—it's not fun. If uh, for those that don't have any kids. Yeah, um, so if you have four or more. Yeah. It gets fun, actually, at that point. Yeah. No, it's
0: just three. Yeah. Uh, so,
3: anyways, all that's being said, I, I felt cared for as a parent. My girls felt cared for, even like how safe you were making things outside, and that they could participate and do these different mm-hmm. things. And and what I thought was cool about that is, even though you weren't doing Sundays anymore, it felt like what you were saying earlier was you. I think you were connecting with the families in a lot of cool ways. And like, I felt like even over the last few months, if I wanted to know like how a family was doing, I would just say, Hey, how's this family doing? And you would often know some of what was going on uh, with the families. And if there's families out there, like she didn't know about me, just calm down. Um, And Please
2: (laughs) tell me if I don't know (laughs) how you're doing, like text me. I want
3: to know. It's been a weird season. And so, but uh, no, but, uh, what, are, what are some of like, the cool stories from the families in this crazy season? What are some of the things that, I don't know, just stuck, at, stuck out to you or encouraged you or anything like that?
2: Yeah, I think um, it's been a funny season watching how different people, some people, like, started really strong. They were like, cool, we've got two months of this, like, we're going to have all the fun activities, we're going to enjoy this time, and then when it got past the, like, eight weeks that they were expecting, they are like, oh, my gosh, now what? <laughs> like, it's not over yet, um, and then other, other families did the opposite, where at first it was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I'm locked in my house, and have slowly adapted and learned what life at home looks more like. Um, but yeah, I think in the season sort of in that relational aspect, I have never there's families that I just haven't had that relationship with before that I have gone on walks, I have sat in front driveways and just watched as the kids like ran circles um and had like had conversations um and I think for me it's always just felt like um it can feel a lot like taking care of the kids like on Sunday mornings like okay, keep the kids alive while parents go get spiritually fed. Um but to really engage in that and to to feel like I'm caring for not only just the kids but the family unit as a whole um, and feel really welcomed in that space has been really cool. So, yeah, I think yesterday we talked about, we were talking about what specific stories, and I think through, like, families that have told me ways that they're having their kids engage at home with, like, home projects, um, families that have come up with age-appropriate activities, and they color and they are learning letters despite the fact that school is not in session, um, we have one, Vince is wearing the shirt I noticed earlier, so Ada started her Popsicle business, and um, we wouldn't, I mean, maybe we will sell Popsicles on Sunday mornings, that'd be dope. I going to comment on it, and then I... eat and run. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's the last week the Ada. Day. Last week. Um, but yeah, we got to like, she launched this popsicle business and she wants to, she wants to be a little entrepreneur and she's just absolutely rocking it. And so in these events, we got to buy a bunch of her popsicles and stand outside. And we even, um, as like a ministry opportunity, had people yeah. just walking down the street that came and we like, can we have a popsicle? What are you guys doing? Um, and so it's just been really cool to watch as people kind of find their element, um, and to enter into the, like exactly where they are, not just, okay, we're going to meet on a Sunday morning, but what do you need in life? How can I be there for you? Um, yeah, and again, i have never been on more walks in my entire life. I feel like that was like, want to go for a walk then? And um, yeah, it's been amazing to just watch families grow and learn, and um, even in the hardest moments, I think it's been really cool to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. The popsicles are incredible too, <laughs> and they're still for sale. I think like on weekends, I believe if you
2: Saturdays, yeah. ten
0: to two. <laughs> feel free, Rand, just to drop down the uh, Lindsay the link on the bottom of this. thing. can so say come by and get a popsicle. Um, I love just seeing uh, kind of families support families, and honestly, I think what you've done is help facilitate some of that, because, like, you are just one person, and so it's impossible for you to serve everyone, and so I've, I've seen families connect with families better in this season because of, like, the, you know, almost the structure you've created, which is what we hope for, is that the church kind of disciples each other, so yes, right there. Um, we want to we kind of transition with y'all, if that's all right, to, like, getting away from necessarily kind of recapping and really like how do we shape our church moving forward? Because this is obviously this is the end of digital services this way, but there's still more to come, right? Like we're not shutting down the church. You know, if anything, we're going the other direction here. So Kaylee, could you just talk about from, from your angle, um, community and global engagement? We know it's a significant part of what the church is supposed to be about, but how are you seeing that work and what we do here discipling and forming our people?
1: Um, I love this question. And again, I have so many stories that are coming to mind, but I think one of the sweetest um, parts of my job and parts of this season has been the the level and the amount of relationship that we had kind of prior going into this season. And so in the beginning of COVID, um, I was getting calls and texts and Facebook messages and emails saying, what are you doing? We know you're going to do something. What can we do? How can we help you? We want to be a part of this. Um, and the beauty of that, right, it was overwhelming in the moment to like monitor that and, and decide and sift through. Um, but the beauty of expression to to desire to partner together. And so when we talk about discipleship, I think of one story, um, and she's going to shake her head or roll her eyes or whatever, but uh, Christina during this time has just been um, amazing personally to me. Um, She's like brought me Trader Joe's uh, gifts to my house and um, just cared for me as a leader really beautifully. But um, I, I feel like It's my joy to be in a lot of different spaces and to hear a lot of needs, and so to learn to cultivate and communicate those and ask for help. And so there's one specific situation that uh, a foster mom got a new placement, and she before I even knew about it, Christina knew about it and had offered her to, to bring her a meal. And so, like, that's I set up a meal train, I ask these questions, I, I dialogue with the family, and then I kind of can come back and say, Hey, these are the needs, and I can advocate for them. And in that moment, like I was totally out of the picture. Christina was a beautiful expression of she already had a relationship with this mama, she went for it, and she she brought a mama that meal without me doing anything and so i think that's a beautiful moment as a leader to say we build this and we invite this and we hopefully cultivate this and yet it it stops at my limitations as a human being and we get to be a part of the bigger body of christ and christina was just a beautiful picture of that Um, i think too with uh shelley with Sherry. She, um... Like, she- she- Shelly, <laughs> who? Um, I promise she's my friend, and I love her very much. Um
2: That's going to be her. Yeah, <laughs> dang seriously. it. Seriously.
1: Well, it's it's um, Sherry
2: Williams. It was like a... two. Yeah, there you she- go. Shelly, Yeah, I
1: totally, get it. totally, Sherry, totally. I'm taking you to dinner next week anyway, but, um... I think like she she was so consistent and faithful, and when I didn't even know what to say or how to ask for help, she literally would show up at the office and say, "Get in my car, and we're going shopping, and we're gonna go get this, and I'm gonna show up, and I'm gonna count all these receipts, and I'm gonna be in obnoxious situations, and I'm gonna push around really full carts in Walmart with you, and um, so again, just this participation and this entering, and so when we, I think when we open those invitations and when people walk in that and more beautiful ways than I could ever um it's just so encouraging as a leader so
3: that's awesome I love that uh so Jess let's kind of shift these questions to you this is going to be like a two part question because I think the first part will set up kind of the discipleship type stuff but so when it comes to COVID and how it's affected families how have you seen families in our church specifically affected by COVID like what has it done to
2: families how does how how have we been
3: affected in that way
2: um yeah, I think I think I kind of touched on this. Um, it's in some ways it's been really isolating, and in others I think it's been really unifying. Um, there's just a certain level of recognizing that we aren't meant to do this alone. Um, and the more I think through what it means to be the body of believers, um, I don't know if everybody knows this, but in kids ministry, our the like mo- I don't know what it's called. It's not our mo- motto, vision. <laughs> vision statement. It's one of the mission statement. Oh, yeah. It's our mission statement <laughs> is to. Uh, Equip the parents to be the primary spiritual disciples of their children. Um, and I think that a lot of times, and that this falls on me and family, like the entire church, um, we rely on Sunday mornings a lot. We think, like, great, they're going to Sunday school, they're going to get Jesus, it'll be good. Um, and I think it was sort of this, like, oh my gosh, I still want my kids to love Jesus, I still want them to understand his word and <laughs> worship him. Um, but Sunday mornings, watching church, I know that in a house with a lot of small children can just be, like, chaos. Um, So, sorry, I'm trying to remember what your
3: question was, but... My kids watch Toy Story.
2: (laughs) So that's how it goes.
3: (laughs) They did watch Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe once. There
2: you go. Um, Yeah, so I think it's been um, really interesting to watch as parents navigate that, like trying to do it alone, recognizing that we can't do it alone. How do we have community when we're not supposed to see other people? (laughs) Um, how much, like, and I think to a certain level of pride of not wanting to like need that help, not wanting to say like, Oh, Jess, we really need this resource. Um, and then in moments where I feel like the church really was, you know, whether it's meals to new moms or, um, or yeah, just moments of what has been hard for you. Uh, I think learning to ask for that help and being able to do that, um, yeah, like our volunteers and the, the people behind all these actions have just been huge for families. Um, and so I think learning to ask for that help and, um, extend that.
3: Yeah, that's great. Well, our, let's imagine this is going to happen in two years. COVID oh, no. again. So um, I mean, just COVID 20, it's COVID 20. uh, I say it like, oh man, uh, but uh, never mind. Let's not imagine. Uh, no, but this question's canceled. Why? why how can? Uh, how could you just even just in the midst of everything right now? How could you affirm some of our families who probably feel a little discouraged? Like, oh man, my kid was watching Toy Story during uh, the Sunday service. This uh, is like a very personal. Yeah, it's personal. Are you okay? And then. Uh, but then also, how could you, like, disciple us and prepare us to better disciple our kids? What are some of the, I don't know, just a few ideas you have yeah. in those kind of two categories?
2: Yeah. Um, first of all, families at home, if you're watching this, I really hope that you don't feel called out. I think each of you is doing amazing and learning. None of us know how to do this. I hope that if it happened again in two years, it would be better. But, yeah. Um, But really that point of, like, we aren't meant, especially as a body of believers, we aren't meant to parent alone. Like, yes, you're the parents, but we have a team that rallies around us. Um, And so I think just as far as, like, loving Jesus and encouraging your kids to love Jesus, yeah, there's been a lot of growth, but... um, I would just encourage like right now taking the time it's hard to develop rhythms in the middle of a pandemic um but finding time finding ways to worship as a family sometimes that means rest and alone time and just sitting at home with your kids doesn't mean that there has to be a sermon on doesn't mean that there has to be worship on but finding that rest and recognizing the beauty in what god has given you um we've talked a lot in the last like week about uh stewarding what has been given to us, and so I think if you're a parent, like, you're doing it. You're doing great. You love your kids. Keep doing it, Um, but yeah, it's not meant to be done alone, and so uh, developing those rhythms, finding time, reading the Jesus Storybook Bible together, praying, um, praying every night, and I think even, like, watching little kids pray is one of the most wholesome things. Um, I know Vince has, like, a catechism that he does with his boys, Um, and so establishing those now, even though, you know, it's so easy to say like, oh, we're five months into this pandemic. Oh, life is going back to normal now. Um, but I think now is exactly when those, uh, those rhythms, I keep saying that word, uh, when those are developed though, is spending time together. And even your kids watching you, just praying, watching you read your Bible. Um, yeah, if it's not happening on Sunday mornings, that's fine. There's freedom in that because the reality is, and we talk about this a lot too, is that The church isn't Sunday morning. It isn't Sunday school. It's not Mm -hmm. our volunteers saying this is the gospel. It's the way that we live out every day, knowing, loving, and seeking Jesus. Um, So, yeah, I think rhythms and finding ways to worship in the midst of normal life and also a pandemic is what I would encourage
0: you guys to do. Do do it in normal because then pandemic will be still hard but maybe not as hard versus trying to launch new rhythms in the midst of a rhythmless world, you know. Uh, that makes that makes tons of sense. I, I know, like we have, we have struggled with that, you know. And there's things that, like, I think we do well, but it's that's really good advice. And so, uh, and maybe we're just, Jess is going to roll out some great new content that she's going to personally write in a book. Um, it's not true. <laughs> so, um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Anthony's it. like, cool, I'm into it. <laughs> I will um, say, just I'm just going to throw James under the bus here. We were Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell a story about your kid. You asked Verity. Sorry, Verity. <laughs> um, the other day, this is actually their story, but he was praying, and he thanked Jesus for building them, which is just like the most wholesome thing. So yeah. ask your kids what they want to pray for because... They like they get it. They get something, you know. Yeah. And um, sorry, I'm sorry, Verity. No, it's good. You.
0: Thank you for building me. That's what he loves saying that. Yeah, thank you. And then he's, now he's like, thank you for building, brother, and thank you for building. I'm like, it's like not Legos, but um, but anyway. Okay, so let, let's transition, if we can, away from uh, you know your your jobs and your job roles, if you will. And we just want to hear, like, teach us, like, tell us, like, what can we learn? Especially, let's let's put the question to you both of. How do you see Jesus, our Lord and Savior, how is he forming our church right now? What do you Mm. think? Light, nice
2: light, softball of a question. (laughs)
1: Easy.
2: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I think there's a lot. Um, I actually had four key points, and I don't remember them off the top of my head. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I feel like that first one's yours, though. Um, I was thinking generosity, vulnerability, um, resiliency kind of tied in with uh, adaptability. adaptation. (laughs) I don't know. Um, so Kaylee obviously can talk a lot on that generosity, generosity portion. Um, but yeah, as we've, we keep saying this, but things just change every minute, every day. We, I mean, this is, we're hoping that next Sunday we'll be back in person. That's our third day. Like, um, just learning to roll with the punches. Um, and I don't want to steal your thunder, but watching our church engage um, and watching them reach out, there have been really difficult parts of quarantine and um, really hard conversations have been had, but there have also been so many people to come and say, hey, I have donations for these food boxes. Hey, I just want to be here. Like, what? I feel like I've gotten the question, like, what does your staff need right now? Um, what does the office need? Like, Somebody the other day offered to bring us Spindrifts, which was very specific, and I was like, we you will know, take them. Well, I know. Cool. <laughs> I was like, I'll take the spenders for sure. Um,
3: it's, <laughs> I think that's sparkling water for the other uncouth people out there like myself. <laughs> but
2: it's, it's the best sparkling water. has real fruit juice. <laughs> With a touch of fruit. <laughs> um, anyways, I just think watching, um, watching the church love and serve each other and then even flowing up to leadership, which I think so often it feels like an outpouring um, – I don't want to wrongly take that credit because it really feels like there have been a lot of other people to serve and bless us, um, and be the body of Christ and be a family. So you can go now.
1: (laughs) I don't know how to follow that. Um, yeah, I think my brain thinks in stories and like captures moments. And so there was, uh, one of our last box packing events, um, I was, I was just kind of sitting there, and there was a lot of things going on. If you were with us, then you know, like, the precision packing of how to make all this happen. And, and it was a very schedule, and very, it took a lot of hands um, that were sanitized and with gloves and people in masks to show up in, like, thousands of hours to, like, make these moments happen. Um, And so I stood there, like, under the tent with, I'm sure, like, sweat on my forehead and red cheeks and um, was just really overcome um, by the beauty of, of togetherness, right? Like, the... This reality of linking arms, um, again, that's a bad analogy during physical distancing, but this reality, yeah, like the reality of being united and caring about each other um, when it's not convenient, right? Um, When it's actually really painful and when I have to eat more ramen to make someone else um, a meal or bring them something. Uh, So I think like that level of generosity and just that moment, I think will always be in my mind of stopping to see, not just the physical people in front to physically pack the boxes, but the thousands of hours and moments and people and and dollars that went into that. Um, I think another situation, uh, again, like just in stories, but um, we, with Care Portal, we um, have gotten a lot of bed requests um, coming in and getting to drop off a bed into a room and the kid like, Literally just like bouncing on the bed and, and, and laid down with their cheek against the bed. Um, and this moment of like, again, I got to see that, but the hundreds of people who financially provided and the moments of storage and the truck to take the bed over there. Um, and so just this beautiful moment of entering into other people's pain. And that's really scary and really hard and <laughs> really inconvenient so much of the time. Um, and so I think just like the amount of thankfulness for the Lord's provision um, and, and being united and caring has, has honestly like um, been a, a beautiful um, hard piece of these, this season. I also,
2: sorry, before we move on to the next thing, I think thinking through your, like, united front, there are so many unsung heroes of, like, all of the projects that have been going on and all of the, it's Care Portal and it's Foster Care and it's AZ-127 and it's, like, all of these tiny little, those all kind of just clumped into one, but um, it's all of these little, like, boxes. And so um, I don't remember what the exact question was, but, um, but thinking through, like, the way that the church has served and, like, I just feel like there are so many faces that um, that are leaders that maybe have never gotten like never gotten the shout out or never been recognized. So church, we see you. We like are so grateful for you, um, and we we seriously could not do this without you and the hundreds of hundreds of hours spent at Walmart and Sam's Club and buying all of the spam in the continental U.S. <laughs>
1: I, th- I think just uh, yeah when when we were talked about like the church closing and using that language um, it became really apparent right not just us saying that but like the belief and the togetherness like we are the church now more than ever without a physical building so whether that's in a school and sitting in an awkward chair that has teenagers gum on it or that's a pew somewhere, like, this reality of living out the gospel, and we get to do that in unity, and again, that's painful and beautiful, but I think I've seen that and personally experienced that now more than ever in my walk with Jesus, and um, yeah, I love Jesus more now because of these people and because of our church, um, even when that's not easy. Wow,
3: that's, yeah, amazing. that's awesome. Yeah, um, so we wanted to ask a few more questions, just kind of to get your perspectives on what it's like, being part of our church because I think a lot of times me and Vince, because we speak on Sundays, our church, you guys, you get, you get our perspective on the church, but you guys are a huge part of our church and work for our church. And so you guys have perspectives on the church that are just perspectives are from different angles that we don't see. And so I, we wanted to ask just kind of a handful of things so that people could kind of hear how you guys see our church and how you guys see things. So uh, some some of the questions are are more fun than than others but uh so kind of even just this this first question is what is like the, the this sounds like i 'm buttering them up, but I am uh, or buttering redemption up but i 'm not trying to uh but what for you guys what's what 's the best part about being a leader at our church for you personally
2: i don 't like answering these first I feel like I need to know what you 're gonna say um no, it's absolutely the relationships. And it's, um, well, I don't, <laughs> the first few weeks of quarantine, I'm sure you guys remember this, we would be filming <laughs> or doing Sunday service. Um, and I'm not good in front of a camera. I get really awkward and, (laughs) Um, and so at one point I was recording something for the kids. Vince was like, just, just act like you're talking to the kids. And I literally started crying because I love the kids at our church so much. Like, I think that people think I'm kidding when I say that, but like, I think about all the kids that I get to interact with that I'm used to like high-fiving knuckle knuckling, (laughs) Um, fist bumping. Um, and just like this fun conversations and those moments of sweet prayers. Um, yeah, and so I think that is just, like, a really sweet part of that. Um, and tied into that is, like, I get relationships with people that are just, one, I get relationships with people that are in the same phase of life as me, but also so many families are just like, oh, you want to come over for coffee? You want to come have dinner? <laughs> like, I feel like I have, like, just families throughout Flagstaff that I'm, like, I, it feels so unifying. Um, and I, I don't feel like I ever could possibly be alone <laughs> because I just, like, I feel so loved. Um, and... Respected in a lot of ways. I don't know. I don't want to toot my own horn. Um, But yeah, I think specifically kids has given this really deep relationship um, and love that I, it just doesn't fit into any other box in my life. Like, um, I think frequently about when people say, if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. And like, I do. I love walking into the office every day, and then I love Sunday mornings. um, And I love the people that I know and work with and work alongside. So. It's really cheesy. Love you guys.
1: Okay, the next question. I am gonna go first because I really don't like following that. Um, I think, yeah, the beauty of of using gifts. The four of us are all very different in um, how we. <laughs> so I, I think me as a leader, and like honestly, the best part of my my job. And I I don't like using that word, but whatever my whatever I do here. Um, is that I get to take the beauty of what we get to experience and live out and be in meetings and boardrooms and conversations and a lot, a lot of Zoom meetings um, and be able to speak the gospel with our actions and to um, be ministers of reconciliation. I think that Second Corinthians 5 verse has just stuck with me so much. And so um, I get to be the i get to hear a lot of stories but i also get to hear a lot of pain um and i think the beauty um yeah again not to get like super weepy but the beauty of being yeah (laughs) i i don't know the beauty of being together and the beauty of Of writing a different narrative for our community, um, in advocating in those spaces, not just on a Sunday morning, but in all of the spaces in between. And again, that, that gospel is lived out in all of life, all for Jesus. And so every moment that we, um, get to laugh together or be silly together or ask really hard questions together, like has shaped me as a leader. And I think that's one of the best parts of my job is I get, I get to do this as part of my job.
3: That's awesome. All right, a uh, rapid fire question. Just have to answer it real quick. Dang. Favorite pastor at Redemption Go? Whole, the whole church. Tyler Favorite, Johnson. Pa- oh. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. It's fine. <laughs> just kidding.
2: <laughs> Richard.
3: Sorry, Jerry. No, I'm just kidding. It's a I solid answer. T- <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh,
1: no. mostly, I, yeah.
2: mostly, I just really hope that Tyler watches this and he's like, that's right. Yeah,
3: I'm sure he yeah, that's will. That's what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know he's not. All right, no, but uh, uh, real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not about size, dude. Um, all right. Hey, uh, this church, I'm prepping you for this question. I'm about to ask them kind of a more vulnerable question. And part of uh, doing that is, I, again, I think their perspectives can teach us, inform us. And so this question is not to rag on us as a church or to hurt us or whatever, but um, it's really to. Uh, form us and help us yes. see their perspectives and understand them. Because the reality is, this sort of question me and Vince answer a lot of times when we're preaching in, in different ways. But I feel like Kaylee and Jess, I think Kaylee and Jess. Je- Kaylee and Jess don't get to answer this. So we, ju- I just said, what's the best part about being a leader at our church. What's what's one of the, like the hardest parts about being a leader at our church? And again, church, let's listen with hmm. open ears and open hearts, realizing they're not trying to judge us or condemn us or something, but it would be good for us in order to love for them and care for them and 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 just see maybe some blind spots we have as a church. I don't know, but I'll let you guys answer that however you like.
2: You said you were going first on this one.
1: <laughs> Save the hardest one for last. Um, yeah, I think these guys get to hear me a lot talk about these things, um, and I think the beauty of of living life with friends. And sometimes that feels really hard to work out when my life can feel very different, right? It, I can very quickly say, because I'm single, this is different, and this is hard, or I feel excluded, or because I'm a woman in leadership, I don't know how to figure this out. and I. Both of those statements are very true, Um, but I think that I can really wrestle with how to walk both of those pieces of my life out in a way that honors the Lord um, and is not fitting in someone else's box of me or someone else's assumption of me. It's been really hard to uh, get a lot of questions and a lot of assumptions and a lot of... um, perceptions and people's pain and their own stories, asking or assuming things of me. Um, And so really having to ask those questions and really surrender to Jesus's voice in that and the truth um, of people that I know love and respect me and not just trying to fix the whole world or save all womankind um, or change the narrative for someone else. And so really to just be with Jesus and to walk that out in safe places, both singleness and women in leadership, I feel like, are are hard to navigate, and there's no really easy answers. Um, But I want to love Jesus more, and I want to honor him with my choices, and so that requires hard work to participate in these conversations. So
0: That's really good. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, see,
2: this is, (laughs) you're right. I should have gone first. Um, (laughs) no, I think, uh, I think the singleness and the being a woman like plays so much into leading at a church when there's so many questions. Um, there's just like constantly questions being hurled from whether that's from younger women, from people who want to know what it's like to be on staff. Uh, I feel like there's just always questions to be answered. Um, I think for me the hardest thing is feeling uh, incompetent in answering those. And so, again, it's nothing new to our staff, but um, there's this fear or desire to be able to answer everybody's questions, to say, like, this is what the Bible says about this topic. This is how Jesus would respond. This is how Jesus would lead this ministry. Um, And just feeling like for whatever reason it is that day, whether it's that I'm just sad that day and so I feel incompetent or... um, Or any other factor that like plays into it, Um, I think God uses it a lot to force me to bring it to Him. Because the reality is, is we're we're never gonna have all those answers. We're never gonna be able to save the world. Um, I know Kaylee and I are really cool, but we aren't saving the world actively. Um, So, I mean, maybe a little bit. Um, Jesus, right? Jesus Jesus is using (laughs) us to save the world. Jesus. Um, yeah. And so I think, I think battling, um, I don't even think it falls on the church. Like church, I think you're absolutely awesome. But um, I think that, that like fighting my own sinful nature, want to solve all the problems to answer all the questions. Um, I just don't feel like I'm ever going to have all the right answers. And that's really hard. Like I want to know and I want to, but I think also in that it's been really cool to learn, to lean on other leaders above me and you know, everybody learns something. Like, the goal is to continue learning from those around you. Um, right. And so I think that's the hardest thing, is setting my pride aside and saying, like, no, there's a lot to be learned from the people I'm surrounding myself with.
0: Yeah, and I think there's—what's helpful about those those answers, and I think it's—there aren't necessarily new discussions between the four of us. I feel like we're constantly trying to navigate that, and, and for uh, for us, too. And what does that mean for us to minister well and for our church to minister well in the midst of that? And so I think, like, even kind of what, what they're bringing up is just—I think it's just even a— probably a necessary conversation that we'd love to continue with you, church, you know, as we continue down this path of trying to be formed by Jesus for the sake of the gospel and, and just trying to see, okay, what does this mean for us as a community that God has intentionally brought together in diversity, right, in, in different backgrounds, gender, all that stuff to say this is perfect, in Jesus, and so how do we become and allow the church to be more in Jesus? And so, what does that mean to form us all in that moment? So, super helpful. Um, I'm going to pivot. I'm going to take the cop out question, which is instead of like saying, "What's really hard?" Um, what, what's kind of? I think sometimes, and I, I even brought this up to you. I think earlier in the week of just, I we get the question a lot too of just like. What's it like in there? You know, like pull back <laughs> the pull, you know. Is that Is that a What like if you pull back pull back the curtain, you know, like what's going on behind the stage, you know? And so which I think people are gathering what it's like a little bit just by watching this, but would you just, what's what's maybe an aspect of, uh, of of redemption, of office life, of just work here, that maybe you just want them to know? And, and you can share anything you want about Anthony. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do you have a really lighthearted answer? Because <laughs> mine's like...
1: Um, no, go.
2: <laughs> okay, first of all, I'll say it's a lot of laughter. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of good aspects. Um, not, see, I think mean, that okay. Um, I think legitimately, it's um, the depth of relationship. I think people can see the preaching on Sunday or or the CGE events happening, um, but th- this office feels very much like a safe space. Um, and there's we jump from like deep theological conversations to joking about like boys all the time. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Hey. I threw myself <laughs> under the bus. Uh, wow. um, <laughs> Close the veil. Close the curtain. <laughs> but it's this like it's the it's theology, and then it's really lighthearted, and then it's really rough digs that <laughs> are just like jokes you know, and um, it feels the the sarcasm paired with like such deep love feels un, unmatched to any anything else that I've ever experienced, um, and I don't. I feel like I even try to explain to other people. I'm like, so this was happening in the office, and everybody's like, "Okay, that's just weird." And I'm like, "No, it's, it's like a horror movie." Yeah. Um, but it, like, there's so many facets to the relationship, and <laughs> the office is just one minute we're screaming, singing, <laughs> and like sing, scream singing, like singing loudly. Yeah. Um, not we don't scream, never. <laughs> um, and then the next yeah, minute. Like one
0: of their favorite things to do is they'll film <laughs> Anthony and I from behind.
2: Singing, which we have lots of those videos. Real messed yeah. up, like real. Let us real know if you want up. them. Yeah. Um, but I think it is, and then it goes from that to like, no, we're, say,
3: I thought they were serious videos. <laughs> I thought they were trying to get us spotted on YouTube oh, yeah. or something. That we're, that, we're discovered. Actually, I thought we're we were being discovered, yeah, for TikTok.
2: Um, no, so like one minute we'll be singing and just being loud, and the next, like kayler i was crying because we're feeling the weight of the entire world. Um, yeah, and I think just, like, the actual relationship and love uh, that covers so many things. Um, and one of, our, one of our church's core values is not, nothing to prove and no one to impress. And I think that's just, like, really lived out in this office is true vulnerability and love. And um, that's my really sappy answer.
3: That was a great answer. That was perfect. Now, Kaylee, say what we told you to say.
1: This okay. is the dirty secret. Write We have photo proof of a lot of this. So.
2: Those, uh, those videos are real. <laughs> like, really, we have real, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, the amount of silliness and outrageousness I've never experienced. I feel like my productivity in, in um, crazy has increased, practicing that skill. <laughs> oh, I Stop think the, bad, the camera's on battery. <laughs> push, when her, the, push her out of the We have, like, people, you know, dropping off stuff at the office, and we're having, like, a really big argument slash healthy conversation about some really big slash not important topic. And, um, and and then I get a text after like, do you really <laughs> accomplish anything in there? Um, and so <laughs> I think that there's this beauty of right, like all, all of life is all for Jesus and in the humor and in like the fun moments and like, the silliness and maybe way too much information we know about each other um, to these moments of, like, true deep vulnerability. And I think I said it earlier, but, like, I truly do love Jesus more um, because of both of you guys. And uh, you have both seen me cry probably more than any other human being. (laughs) Um, And the beauty of knowing myself and knowing the gospel and knowing what it means to walk that out um, with hope and dignity and a lot of silliness. So I think just, like, not, and they didn't pay me to say that, um, but I think truly, like this, this when we are in deep relationship and when we do move towards each other, even when we are extremely different from each other, there is beauty in that. And um, so that's been like the fun, ridiculous part. But also, I use earphones a lot to accomplish yeah. anything. So
0: everyone, share their enneagram number really quick. Go ahead.
1: You only did this because I did this earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> no one is surprised, but I am a two. If you.
0: I'm a six, seven. I think I'm an eight. We don't really know. We don't know. It's has a question mark. We're not sure about what Anthony
2: is. And so. I'm just
1: over here by myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay.
2: Hey, we stand with you. Also, they really love watching The Office. That's my. That's d- mostly, that's mostly that's the me, juice yeah, mostly me. the Office and basketball.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and I think you know,
0: I think one of the, the importance of that question is you know, I think like our church, we one of the things we've often heard about redemption since like we moved here seven and a half years ago was that there's just kind of a relational piece and a lot of that is this driving uh, cultural value of we, we take God very seriously but we don't take ourselves that seriously and and I think there's times we probably should take ourselves more seriously than we do no. but <laughs> right in the now. midst of it I think it's yeah like me having <laughs> part of my Tahitian panini not on my shirt but uh, <laughs> just a little prop comedy <laughs> This is gonna turn it into like whose line is it anyway? <laughs> so it's been so fun to to almost see the arc even of the five months that we've been recording these type of sermons and different things. Of you know when we first started out, it was like, listen, we gotta be we gotta be on it, professional. We're editing out everything. Till last week, I had Anthony and Jess yelling, "Hot mic!" <laughs> like just it was
3: just it was ridiculous. Really Which again, we know only four of you watched. I
0: know. No, so, we don't. Um, you know, so part of the pulling back the curtain was, hey, we want you to know that, like, um, that in the midst of all this, like, hey, we we really do love each other. And that's the kind of the staff. But it extends well beyond this room. And that's the way we do view Anthony for a long time. And, and really, it has become real adopted language. Not not necessarily no church has ever said this, but just really viewing our church mm-hmm. through the lens of family and that there is t- so much difference, so much complexity oftentimes real serious things, but done so with a real trust and a hope. And that's what we, we want you to see a piece of that even this morning, because that's how we feel about seeing you next sunday is like we cannot wait to be uh and, and see so many of you in person um, we know not all of you can be able to make it out like we know some of you are just hey we need to we need to hang back for a variety of different reasons and so we're going to live stream and so we'll have that and hopefully we'll see you you know sunday or in some of the capacity really soon um, but that's that's kind of some of what we wanted to accomplish today too whilst also learning from from the both of you the last thing we'd like to end on is Um, many of you know this, but many of you don't. So both Jess and Kaylee for part of their salaries, they, they raise support. And so, uh, the church just isn't in a financial position to be able to float them completely financially. Uh, and so they, uh, they raise support through a third party organization called Praxis. And we'll put a link here at the bottom of the screen. If you would like to go to their website and if for any reason you're just feeling like, Hey, these, these women are doing amazing work, which they are. Uh, we'd love to, Come alongside them financially. And do know this, that like, obviously when you give to the church that we are <laughs> paying them as well. But uh, again, just to help them in their journeys as they continue to serve in the capacities they do. And so we'll unabashedly ask if you're feeling called to do that, that you do that. So um, we love you. Like, seriously, we love you. We love being able to work with you. And then the work that you do, both of you, is uh, it's unparalleled. Like, I literally think we have the best staff in all of Redemption. And, I, and hopefully every pastor would say that about their church. Uh, Except for Tyler, huh? Oh, yeah, Tyler's so great. <laughs> but, uh, he actually is watching this. Like this. <laughs> he, he's been making the rounds, and this was the Redemption Flagstaff week. Um, and I'm so... never going
2: to hear the end of that. Just <laughs> so, so you know, I have signed myself up for years so... of tormenting. <laughs>
0: Um, so thank you Uh, thanks for being willing to to do this but thanks for being willing to lead and and we know the conversations that you have to be in that we don't have to be in um, at least in the capacities that you are and so thanks for having those and trying to one, obviously, you love Jesus in it, but also trying to love our church and love Anthony and I. Like, we see it, and we love it, and we appreciate it. So, um, church, we're going to cut to a little bit of time of response, but before we do that, I'm going to ask uh, one of you two. You guys can rock, paper, scissors to pray us out. So, whoever wants to go.
2: <laughs> what, he's a rock,
0: he's a rock paper, go, scissors. I know. He didn't... I know, but nose goes Trump's rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> Everybody knows that.
2: It's fine. I enjoy praying, so. <laughs> wow. Uh, (laughs) jesus um lord i just thank you so much for the staff god for our church and the ways that um yeah i sound like a broken record lord but the ways that we have uh seen the church be the body of christ god um i pray this week that we would just continue to love to see one another to serve one another um yeah, God, I thank you for Kaylee. I thank you for the team that's here in the office. I thank you for each face that we get to see every week in the phone calls and emails and meetings that we have. God, I just pray that, um, Lord, that you would use us and be, let us be vessels to this city uh, to show who you are, to show your love to the least last and lost. Um, and God, that we continue to take you really seriously, but not so much ourselves. Um, yeah, thank you for the staff. Thank you for this morning, and thank you for... Uh, the family that is here in Flagstaff. It's in your name, Free. Amen.